Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Brazilian Dragon Podcast. Today we are talking about Spy Kids. Spoiler alert, that is the movie Dr. Amanda <laughs> has chosen for us. And let me just introduce our panel today. First things first, uh, I am never a fugly, hopefully. Uh, it is Felipe, and I am not alone. I am joined by someone who is raising a child's army of their own, uh, Dr. Amanda. Dr. Amanda, how are you doing today? Um, I am doing great. I'm so happy to be back here to talk to you about our movie selection, Spy Kids. Um, I watched it with my little robot army. Um, We had a great time and I can't wait to talk to you about it. Yes. So remind me, this is the first time you had ever seen this movie. That is correct. I had never seen this film before. Four. Um, yeah, yeah. It turns out that my kids had seen Spy Kids four. Apparently, I don't okay. know when that happened, and they and they've watched the animated series, which I've also seen parts of. But this was everybody's very first time watching the two thousand one film Spy Kids one. And general thoughts: uh, How did your kids like it? How did you like it? I don't know if you made your husband watch too. How did he like it? Uh, We all had a really good time. So we've watched, so my children and I have watched this twice now. We watched it about two weeks ago, right after you and I had our conversation. I presented my kids with, I think, the four options. And let me see if I can remember. It was Happy Feet, Winnie the Pooh, Spy Kids, and SpongeBob. Okay, yes. Those were the options. And they both wanted to watch Spy Kids. So they were very like Spy Kids, Spy Kids. My husband wanted to watch SpongeBob, but <laughs> but we picked Spy they picked Spy Kids. So he was outvoted. Um, he was outvoted. Um, so we first we all watched it together and he actually like was mostly playing chess on his laptop the whole time. <laughs> but he sort of half paid attention to some of it. But I thought I thought like overall impressions, I thought it was like totally delightful, very fun all-star cast like really stacked cast like yeah i forgot antonio banderas is the dad yeah antonio banderas is the dad carla gugino plays the mom um who also has had like continued to have a career and i looked it up she actually like had a hbo max series a couple of years ago called jet where she like she still looks great it seems like she likes to play like these kind of action like in this one, she's a thief. Um, yeah, so Carla Gugino is also great. Um, Alan Cumming, who plays Bloop, um, another great casting choice. Tony Shalhoub, who plays Minion. I love Tony Shalhoub. Um, he's also the star of Monk. He's in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. He's in Big Night, which is like one of my favorite films. Um, Terry Hatcher of uh, Desperate Housewives fame, among other things, is in it. Cheech Marin. Yes. Uh, Robert Patrick, also known as T2. So, like, I mean, really, like, top to bottom. And, like, a very quick cameo by George Clooney at the very end. Yeah. Um, And looking through the IMDb, I also noticed that, like, one of the almost extras, like, non-speaking roles uh, is credited to Richard Linklater, who's a famous director. I don't know if you Boyhood know. Boyhood. Uh... Yeah, exactly. Boyhood. And, um... 
before Rock, sunset waking life oh is he associated with school of rock like i think um yeah but like i mean so really just tremendous amount of talent here in spy kids yeah he was the director of school of rock wow wow well that is definitely a property near and dear to all of our hearts yes where's naomi (laughs) (laughs) Uh, text text her let's get her to hop on the stream yes (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, this is a stack. I forgot how stacked the cast was. I forgot George Clooney. But in hindsight, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like he was prominent in the third one telling us to put our oh. Clooney glasses on at time. But I'm not confident. Uh, Danny Trejo. Um, mm-hmm. I had forgotten the order, but I remembered Machete was a character. And I was like, did he do the Machete films? And then this was like kind of an Easter egg after? Or no, he did the Machete films after these as like, uh, the Mexican James Bond, I think, is what his I, his Wikipedia page says. Or oh wow, uh, Machete, the Mexican equivalent of James Bond, according to Sharon Knoll of Movie Phone. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, he he's a character that continues to live on. Um, so uh, and then obviously, like the kids stand out to me, like yeah. uh, maybe more because of who they got married to. Like I, uh, Daryl Sabara's married to Megan Trainer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alexa Vega is married to Carlos Pena, and now they are uh, they use Pena Vega as their last oh, name. Oh, okay. It. Um, uh, we don't necessarily talk about Carlos in when we're talking about Big Time Rush. Unfortunately, uh, he has some some views that I don't agree with. Oh, but, okay. Uh, he he doesn't uh, believe in vaccinations, from what mm. I understand. So, but Yikes. um, I don't know what um where they are otherwise but this is a fun movie and i enjoyed watching it um i forgot a lot of this movie i remember the thumbs um, yes the thumbs were very prominent memories of mine mm-hmm. uh I, yeah i forgot that antonio banderas was there i forgot how prominent this parents had a storyline i thought it was literally just the kids yeah 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 it's so i mean yeah really it was it's a it's a very fun cast like the whole movie had good energy i thought that um Alexa Vega uh, and Daryl Sabara were good. I think that her performance was probably seemed a little bit more competent than his. I thought she was like the stronger of the two yeah. uh, actors. But um, yeah, we had a great time. Uh, we had a great time watching it. Yeah. And I feel like uh, I forgot how Latino this movie was. Mm-hmm. Like between and also like the Spanish seaside that like, although most of this was filmed in Austin, Texas. Oh, really? Um, yeah. <laughs> They had some exteriors and I thought, I thought this was a lot of fun. And uh, I just, I remember the story, like Robert Rodriguez, who's known for his like violent films. He was like, let me go do this kid series for a while. And then Mm -hmm. he went back, did some more uh, violent films. And now he was like, he's involved in the star Wars universe somehow. So all these people are, have such interesting careers and we could do a whole podcast on the careers of these people themselves. Oh Um, Yeah. Did you did you see any of your own children in Carmen and Junie? Um, let's see. I mean, I you know, I I'll say like some a couple of the things that like I thought that um like obviously the movie has like this like this message with the at the beginning, like she sort of is very condescending and like teasing to her younger brother. Carmen is is like a, is is a little bit you know, mean to Junie. Um, and I took that opportunity to like, just be like, Hey, 
she's like not being nice to her little brother. Like that's not good. Like my kids are like, yeah, no, she shouldn't be doing that. So we tried to point out like teachable moments. Like that's teasing. We don't tease. Oh, that's name calling. We don't like that. Um, But um, obviously like the message over the course of the film is like, they sort of come together and she becomes like much more like supportive and empowering of him. And he has this very sweet arc where he, at first he's scared of things. And then at the end, like he sort of has like a pretty heroic role in resolving everything. Um, so I mostly was trying to point out though, that like, like, and then, and then there's the part where she's like complaining about, you know, he overhears her at school and she's complaining about having to take care of her little brother. And I'm like, Oh, you know, do you sometimes feel that way, Arthur? And he's just like, yeah, you know, so there were, yeah. there were some like kind of classic sibling dynamics, but I did take the opportunity to point out that we don't like that kind of teasing and name calling. Teachable moments always. <laughs> yes. Um, did, did they think you were secret spies afterwards and were like, <laughs> do you have any cool like backstory? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I did ask like, so my older son said his favorite part was like, that scene where um like in the in the beginning where uh antonio Banderas and, and carla gugino i guess uh gregorio and ingrid are like sitting down and then she like presses some of her like makeup palette and he like flips something around on his keyboard and you see that they have this like high-tech spy stuff and like arthur really liked that hard he's like ooh, cool um i don't think that they suspect that we have any kind of secret double agent lives um yeah that's know. actually what you do when you're podcasting. You yes. Submissions. This is my, yes, exactly. Podcasting is like my version of my secret spy life. Yeah. Um, I had, oh, did you, I, I feel like there's a lot of Austin Powers comparisons that can be found in this movie. Did you see any that stood out to you? I don't know what your how familiar you are. With yeah, no, I've definitely. Yeah. It's been a while since. Um, it's been a while since I've watched Austin Powers. I definitely watched it at the time. I see. I can see. Like, I can definitely see that connection. It felt very. It felt kind of like um, like Tim Burton and Pee Wee's Playhouse were like were sort of more the 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 references yeah, that I felt. Pee Wee's Playhouse, Funhouse, mm-hmm. sort of TV show. Right, right, and then like the sort of um, you know, kind of bizarre, like fanciful, kind of Tim Burton esque, um, like set design and um and stuff like that. But there definitely is like I can see like the sort of Austin because it being more like action and yeah. as well as was very much like a parody of mini me right right um yeah and minion was like interesting because you have like tony shalhoub in like the first half and like under his thick glasses like in a very kind of exaggerated like henchman type of style and then like when he sort of takes over he takes the glasses off and becomes like much more smooth so um yeah yeah again like love tony shalhoub um love alan coming so they they were really fantastic um so i yeah i i would definitely recommend this film to especially your kids if you want to watch the sequels they do want to watch the sequels they asked if we could watch spy kids 2 tomorrow i mean go for it <laughs> yeah. uh, and then maybe we can talk about it in the future yeah yeah kids. i think three was my favorite because that was mm. the first one i saw and it was very video game themed Oh, okay. Yeah. Arthur was telling me in four, they're in a video game and he's very interested in video games. So yeah. anything with video games um, is, is going to be a big hit. 
Yeah, and I remember two introduces one of my favorite characters, uh, played by Emily Osment uh, of Hannah Montana fame. Mm. Um, so th- then these would air like on the Disney Channel on Nickelodeon. I would then go flip to Hannah Montana, and it's like there she is. The dream, uh, the dream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so so uh, shall we get into the recap of the movie? Sure. And yeah, let's feel do free it. To jump in if your kids had things that they wanted to say or yeah, yeah. Because I just really just wrote down like the brass, like kind of beat by beat summary. But we yeah. can jump in if there's. Yeah, I, I, I took lines. kind of like random, like I took kind of like telegraphic notes. Like here, I was like watching with my kids, so I noted a few things that I wanted to bring up. And I did like, uh, maybe I'll send this to you, Felipe. I did record a little bit of my kids Ooh. talking about their impressions. So I'll see if I can like cut down a few clips maybe and send them to you. But Feel I free. It. And then yeah. also if you change your mind, I can always take them out. We have some time between okay. posting right. and recording. Cool. Um, but yeah, uh, did, but both kids enjoyed it or did like the older one enjoy it more? No, I, I think my youngest actually enjoyed it just as much. And right before we watched it the second time, I asked um, what he remembered about it. And I was like blown away, like by how he, like after two weeks, like remembered so many details. Like he remembered that Junie drew the picture. He remembered the flute, like he remembered the, like all of this, all of these details. Um, So I think that they both enjoyed it pretty equally, which was, which was very fun. And, um, and I asked them if anything, was scary like if they thought the thumbs were scary or if they thought any parts were too scary and they didn't they thought it was so yeah yeah it was it was a big hit all around love that i i could see like uh tony shalhoub like his design at the end with like all the hands and the faces that might be scary but i'm glad that they weren't creeped out they, by they it. weren't scared yeah um so yeah we start off and we're at the they have a nice house like i had that note that they have like an incredibly gorgeous house like a spanish seaside sort of thing going on and i i was obsessed it was was like like, almost like a castle and they have they have a pool like like in the interior you only see a few rooms but it's like from the exterior it's like this giant mansion um yeah no amazing house beautiful I thought they were, I remember this story taking place in America. I didn't realize it was like on these like seaside Spanish yeah, areas. Um, yeah. I know in one different part of the movie, they're in San Diablo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think they point out where this movie technically Well, at one place. point doesn't, at one point, so they must be in Central America or in Mexico, I think. I wonder because at one point doesn't um, Carmen say that she's been like, playing hooky and going to Belize. Yeah, she went to Belize. So, right, like, so she's probably, they're probably somewhere in the vicinity where she could go yeah, there. That's true. For whatever reason, I, I thought Spain, and then I was like, well, it had Belize? There is, yeah. like, a lot of, like, Spanish architectural it could influence, be like, it looks maybe like. maybe Puerto Rico or, like, a Mexican yeah, California yeah. island. Yeah. No, beautiful place. Like, yeah. The, um, um, the Cortezes are, are doing great. That consulting business must be booming. And the retirement money for being a spy also probably. Oh, yeah. Up. I mean, get me in that. Maybe I should. Maybe go they're, in, to uh, they're in witness protection. That might be. Oh, why. yeah. Yeah. Um, but Carmen wants to hear a bedtime story. And Ingrid, who is their mom, uh, tells them about this spy wedding where uh, it's uh, it's their lives, but they don't know it yet that uh she was tasked to capture uh, Gregorio and Gregorio was tasked to capture 
Ingrid, but then they fell in love and they would go on dates, but they couldn't be seen together. So they would be like a full restaurant separated. Uh, mm-hmm. Or I love the proposal where he just slides down the ring box on the Eiffel Tower. And yes. She's on the other side. He's very, very smooth. Yeah. I like this. Like, so the, the, the very like opening scene of this bedtime story is like, she's in pursuit of him. Like they're, spies from different nations and they're both each other's targets and like we see this like the master of disguise quick change where she sort of cycles through like three different wigs and like turns her her jacket inside out um we see some of the spy tech where she has her gum that she throws on the ground and then he steps in it to track her so like this was all very fun and then they have this whirlwind romance and um and they are engaged to be married yes and uh she chops the head off her ice sculpture um puts it back on and then says the two scariest words i do um and then once they uh are officially married they get chased off and have to go into hiding Mm -hmm. and uh they don't live happily ever after according to carmen she wants them to but they're just living peacefully and happy right right yeah, yeah. So it's like it's not the it's not the kind of like storybook ending, but she says it's better off than they were. I do want to call out that um I think Ingrid's Ingrid has kind of a non-traditional wedding look. It is like yes. cream and white, but it's like a kind of a different from a wedding. It's gorgeous. I did really like I noticed her. that too. I was yeah, like, oh, this yeah. isn't a traditional wedding dress. She's prepared to run. <laughs> she was ready. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um no, uh, and then I, I also love like the aspect that the story is not fully written yet, but Carmen wants the story to be like ended and like happy, but Mm -hmm. that little nod that, Oh, the story isn't written set in Mm -hmm. stone yet. Um, I forgot to ask you, do you have a favorite spy movie before watching this? Oh, a favorite spy movie. I mean, I'm trying to think of what, like, what are some good spy movies? Um, Let's see. I'm looking up a list of. I mean, obviously, I'm familiar with the Austin Power movies. Um, I mean, I it's not a huge genre for me. Yeah. To be honest, like I'm, and I'm kind of in my head. I'm getting it like mixed up with heist movies. Oh, yeah. I do really like The Saint. This is coming up right now. The 1997. Um, Val Kilmer and Elizabeth Shue movie. I I do love that movie. That's coming up. Is that a, is that coming up as a spy movie or is this just like? It says thriller film when I googled it, but like I think thriller. it's in the same genre. Yeah. Like said, f- for spy movies, often I think of heist movies first. Like I love right. a heist movie. Yeah, I do like, like a are, heist movies. Those are like often a, more comedic. Right. Um, I'm not like a James Bond kind of per like person i'm not a big mission impossible person i did like like the born like so the early bo- like i thought i saw did the first two get born- smart oh i did watch get you smart know, I, I did used to watch yeah. the 60s show because yeah. that would air on nick and knight in brazil no i watched I, yeah i watched that on nick and knight as a kid um oh spy movie called survivor Ooh. Yeah, I'm looking through these popular spy movies, and this really isn't like a is not a big genre for me. Are your like, kids big readers at all? Yeah, no? yeah, okay. they they there do. There was like a movies. this might be more of a middle school era book mm-hmm. for them, but uh, I forget the name. Uh, it was like Alex. Uh, 
give me one second stormbreaker mm. book series uh alex Ryder, those books and he's okay. like a spy uh but he's like a teenage boy so uh by anthony horowitz um so okay good yeah we don't know that one so i'll look into that i'm looking into these 60s spy movies to see if i've seen many of these yeah like i think it's not i think it's just not really a like a big genre for me um so spy kids might be my favorite spy movie felipe <laughs> Same. Uh, honestly um there's like some like kids show spy episodes that i remember like jimmy neutron had a spy episode the backyardigans had a spy mm. episode where the song i think came back um via tiktok last year uh like uh that's uh those are some that stand out mm-hmm. but yeah i think like the, those genres kind of like bleed together like we talked right about. it's obviously like a big like genre like i feel like it's the kind of thing that even if you don't watch those movies it's like such a popular genre that like your favorite show has like a spy parody episode or like you've seen like you know a spot like I just feel like it's it's something that's so called back to in pop culture that even if you don't consume the primary source material like it all kind of bleeds into your consciousness for sure um I know uh one of the popular tv shows that Naomi does love is the Americans my dad also Mm. loves that which is about like spies in the 70s right um I need to watch that show. Yeah, I started it. My mom was a big fan of the Americans and um, I never stuck with it. But every now and then people kind of recommend it. It's like, this is the greatest TV show that if you're like a serious TV fan, you should be watching it. Yeah, no, I want to watch. We watched a a screening of an episode in college and I thought it was very interesting, but I just never went back and watched it. Uh, Too busy uh, with all the reality TV at that Mm -hmm, time. But mm -hmm. now I'm trying to spread myself out and catch up Mm -hmm. on all the scripted stuff that I've never seen. Um, So uh, we go we go back to Junie and Carmen and the parents do some consulting spy work these days. And was this the scene that your son really liked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the gadgets. Mm -hmm. Um, And Ingrid catches that Gregorio is doing something secretive behind her back and she wants to know more about that but he won't tell her uh, i think i love the makeup keyboard uh, yeah that, that yeah fun. yeah he gets to have like a computer like he gets to have an actual computer keyboard and she has to like i don't know that must be hard to type on your yeah. makeup <laughs> but i thought the production design was super cool and like it the way they cool. incorporated yeah. things like even later like the little snack packets it was a mm-hmm. creative way to incorporate sponsorship from mcdonald's yes yes um have you have you all seen light year yet or no? Not yet. No. Okay. There was something in that movie that kind of reminded me of those like little microwave packet uh, mm. meals. Um, so. My kids were impressed with that. They liked that idea of having those microwave packaged meals. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, Carmen, we get that they also in the morning have to train. They have to do this PE obstacle course. Um, but Junie has butter fingers, which mm-hmm. relatable. Uh, I have sweaty fingers. I'm always anxious. So. Uh, he he slips and then Carmen. This is like, I was ready to tweet. Junie deserved a better sister. Yeah, but then she comes around at the end, so I held off my Twitter fingers. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was where this was our teachable moment where we said that Carmen should be nicer to Junie. Yeah, I I didn't remember Carmen being this like kind of mean to her She's brother. She's harsh. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But we also get the setup that Junie's favorite show is Floops, mm-hmm. um, which uh, how would you feel if your kids were watching that? I mean, I don't know. I feel like, you know, I feel like we're definitely in the in the Floops ballpark with some. I mean, I guess that they that um, Gregorio is not thrilled with Floops because he thinks that it's like, what does he think? It's too like silly. Yeah, or... too silly. Like he's like Junie's always playing video games. He's like kind of not focused enough he's not socially integrating and all of that so um yeah but like this this floops thing like and and i think alan cumming like looks a little bit like paul rubens who plays peewee herman like this definitely felt like kind of peewee's playhouse adjacent to me um sure this one was a little scarier than peewee's Playhouse. I don't know. Pee Wee's Playhouse is, was pretty far was pretty far out and weird. I just feel like in terms of the color color palette, mm, this one had like it's dark, a little bit colors. darker. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So I like I think that like also adds to the effect. But mm-hmm. uh, we also find out that the parents know that Carmen has been skipping school twice a month, and that yeah, uh, Junie is making up friends like Diego and Ronaldo. Um, yes how old how old is our carmen and and junie if i had to guess carmen was like maybe 11 and yeah that's what i was gonna guess too but then i was wondering the timeline is that they like haven't been spies for nine years and that was making me think like oh are they gonna say that their oldest child is nine like are they are they trying to do like a nine and seven right? Because I was trying to think of the timing of like oh they yeah. hung it they up. Felt a little too old to be. But for they, her to be she nine. seemed like like eleven or twelve, right? Especially he like, middle school, and he seemed late elementary school. That's what I would have thought too. Yeah, he so she's thirty three right now, and Daryl Sabara's uh, thirty. So there is like a three year age difference. And I'm trying to find out more. Oh, happy belated birthday, uh, Daryl Sabara. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to find out if oh he's a twin, whoa fraternal twin uh Evan uh that uh let me try to see if he uh has what kind of bar mitzvah theme <laughs> oh he has spy kids bar mitzvah oh um so yeah so I'm trying to find any information which I cannot so 2001 he was probably around nine maybe eight so yeah this all makes sense yeah yeah so i guess she, so yeah so she would be like 12 13 i think in yeah. 2001 um yeah that's what she seems like okay i feel like i feel like they needed to like change around the math a little bit on when they on when they I, stopped being a spot spies but um, yeah because they did say it was like the first time in a decade but i think it would have been like 12 years then right, because, right. unless they went on a mission before yeah if she was like if she was like pregnant or and had an infant and was still doing the spy game um i mean maybe like uncle felix was like a live-in nanny or something i don't know yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but uh the dad we also get this segment so he drops off the kids at school he almost hits the lady because uh he's watching the flukes cartoon he's like this guy looks a little like daniel um are that was the 2001 equivalent of texting and driving very much yeah <laughs> he almost hits the port crossing guard yeah um and uh then he releases the kids and this kid is about to pick on Junie, and his dad is there and he has this vision of what he could do to the dad but he doesn't end up doing it mm-hmm. and then the kid says in the background oh my dad was about to beat your dad up i was like if only he knew <laughs> yeah. um 
have, have you ever like been tempted to step into child conflicts of your children or oh i mean like yeah like you, not I mean, only gregorio would no probably. there i mean there are like yeah there are like some moments like what like do typically i don't know it and it changes as they get older too but like sometimes you see a kid being a jerk to your kid and they're sort of like is this like normal kids being jerks and they should work it out on their own or is this like you know I have said to other kids like in like because I also think like you shouldn't be like I I try not to like discipline other people's kids like I want to mind my own business but I'll be like you know like I'll say like you know honey that's like you know he doesn't want to play that way or so like sometimes I'll step in and try to do some of that and then like you know it does get awkward though sometimes with other parents like we had like a little bit of like in the dugout at my son's baseball game like like this other like these like my like the, I don't know who got up in somebody's face first or who did what first and then like the dad got up the other dad got upset it's just like ah like it's it's awkward <laughs> and I try to stay out of stuff unless it's like you know I, I think you can intervene too much and sometimes it's just better for kids to work, work that out. out um and I usually will just like encourage like if some kid is being a jerk to my kid I'll be like hey, honey, like, why don't we go play with somebody else or we don't have to play with him yeah. anymore? Yeah, that's what you said on the last podcast, too. You, you were saying that, like, oh, uh, just because someone's mean to you doesn't mean you have to hang out with them. Yeah, it's like we don't, we don't have to hang out with those kids. Yeah. Um, still, sometimes I need to teach myself that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we... We then see Floop and Minion's perspective. They are showing off the thumb thumbs, uh, which I I did like the line later on that he said, "With the snap of my fingers, my fingers can snap you." Yeah, um, yeah. The a- the thumb thumbs are like this is like a bad like design for a henchman <laughs> robot, right? It's like this is not this is this is not an like the the thumb is like relatively limited in what it can do like in combat like you have like zero dexterity like i know that we need our opposable thumbs to lift things but you also need the rest of you like just the thumbs on their own are not sufficient so i think that this is a very i don't know i don't know if this floop and minion pairing is is really like the brilliant evil masterminds that they think that they are i have questions about all of these designs Maybe we need an origin story movie with uh, right. how they came together because it feels like Minion was like the evil spy and Floop mm-hmm. was just like a kid's cartoon TV show host. Yeah. And they came together because they have similar products that they're designing. Yeah. Um, but they he, they also show off the kid robots to Lisp mm-hmm. using his own son as a design. Yes. Um, yeah. So and Lisp is, again, played by, um, what's his name? Patrick... Robert Patrick, uh, who plays uh, the T2 model in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Um, So that's very exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, if you weren't overwhelmed uh, with awe at the thumbs, then you're really going to be impressed by these child robots. Um, So, yeah, he sees a robot that looks exactly like his son who comes and, like, promptly, like, you know, beats him up like they i guess these robots have like superhuman strength um but um yeah they're they're not all they're cracked up to be yeah they they definitely aren't uh 
because they're not intelligent enough, which Lisp points out. Um, however, then uh, Floop is like, take, show him back to his car or whatever he says, and they like aggressively pinch him and hurt him. Uh, so Floop is able to get his like little digs in. Yeah, um, yeah. There, I like. I do have to say, like they. So, um, Lisp calls this out by saying, "Okay, like if you're so smart, then what are like the four physiological signs that detect like human lying?" And then we find out that they like just speak gibberish like they don't have any like ability to speak and communicate and then floop says that they don't have a brain and i want and i feel it's my duty as a neuropsychologist to um to inform that like you know the fact that they have any sort of movement and control is a reflection of intelligence so that they do have a brain like what they probably don't have is higher order reasoning and language capacity, but they do definitely have some central nervous system that has some level of intelligence if they can be reacting uh, and motorically the way that they are. So this yeah. is not this is not an accurate representation in this film of uh, neuroscience. Yes, I forgot there was a whole brain subplot in this movie. Yeah, brain. That you're here. Yeah, brains figure prominently in this story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's three brains. There's a third brain. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's a lot more in that one scene. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, so we go back to the Cortez household, and the parents decide to go on a secret mission, and Ingrid is determined to be on the secret mission as well. Um, which brings in Uncle Felix, aka Cheech of Cheech and mm-hmm. Chong to watch the kids and be a babysitter. Um, however, the parents are caught rather quickly when they're underwater, um, leading to them going into the floop ship. And uh, we also get set up uh, the, what's her name? Uh, Miss Miss uh, Grant, Gradenko. Uh, right, who... this is like the character that's played by Terry, Terry Hatcher. Hatcher. Um, yeah, it's Miss Gradenko. Yeah, and we see that there's like a little like former flirtation between her and Gregorio, mm-hmm. um, and Ingrid steps in, but uh, we'll we'll see that she's a backstabber later on. And I was like watching, I was like, oh my god, I hope uh, Dr. Amanda's kids weren't too upset by the betrayal. <laughs> no, I think she had like she had evil vibes from the start. Like before we she was revealed to be like a double agent working for Floop. I think I said I think I said to my kids I was like I think that she's really going to end up being a bad guy. Like she had she had evil vibes. But yeah. um yeah, yeah, she's definitely flirting with uh Gregorio. Yeah. Uh were your kids less surprised and then were they like how are you so smart, mom? <laughs> I don't know if this one impressed them that much. But yeah. um... uh, but that all leads to a red alert at home. And Uncle Felix is like, listen, your parents are spies. You're going to hop into this little jet thing. I'm going to go get stuff. But if you can't, hit the blue button, then the green button, and go to the safe house. Um, and... It's a lot of information for them to take in at once. They also do this gag, which is like the fake mustache thing. And Uncle Felix yeah. like takes off his fake mustache and puts it on. It's like, it's not at all clear why he needs to have a mustache disguise around the kids. But um, it's kind of a cute, funny detail. And and you're going to see like later Gregorio is going to do the same thing. But yeah, Uncle Felix very quickly disposed of in here. Like they bring him in to take care of the kids. And uh, it's like really just like a matter of hours before he's been defeated yeah i feel like all his stuff was filmed in one day probably (laughs) Um, right 
Yeah, him and George Clooney, they came in, collected their check, and left. Right. Then they like took their blunts and went home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I did like the gag that Junie hits the wrong button first, and uh, Carmen is like, no, you have to hit the other one because she's like falling out. And then yeah. I love this little, like, small little montage that they had in the waiting to get to the safe house. Uh, we saw Junie eating popcorn. Mm-hmm. Carmen was asleep the whole time. Uh, just trying to distract himself until that was cute and like when i um right before we had rewatched the movie and i was asking uh robin like my younger son what he remembered from the movie he said i asked him what his favorite part was and he said when they went in the underwater vehicle like so he really liked he liked this yeah that's like i'm i'm so excited for when it's possible for humans to be in submarines because that looks so cool like to go under the water like that it does look really fun yeah um so uh going back to the fooglies and i love the like writing it down like wait is it fugly and i was like is this how they get away with saying fugly (laughs) (laughs) um the fooglies are imprisoned spies which we realize uh they there's like this clay sort of device that they can turn uh the detectives into uh these like play-doh kind of monsters yeah, so this, like, tech is, like, they make the mutants is what they call them. And, like, I guess that Floop just, like, shapes anything in clay. And then there's, like, that machine that sort of, like, mutifies, mutantifies them. I don't know. They kind of yada yada the science of it. But that's how it works. Yeah. Um, but that's who they are. And they also speak backwards, saying help um, when they're sliding down the rainbow. Um but uh, we get to the safe house, and to open the safe house, Carmen has to say her full name, Carmen Elizabeth Juanita Echo Sky Brava Cortez, to mm-hmm. open the door. Um, and uh, I also, I don't think his full name was uh, revealed in the movie. Do you, do you want to hear Junie's full Oh, name? yeah. Junie Rocket Racer Rebel Cortez. Oh, Rocket Racer Rebel Cortez. That's a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he that might come up in the second okay. uh, or the third I don't remember but they have his full name there um, and Isn't like echo brava aren't those like the army ways of like um, for saying like an e and a b like I feel like you know like the spe- like when you're spelling out loud and you use words like e is in I think echo brava echo... I have no clue that's that's a doctor Amanda I don't know maybe I'm for. Let me look this up. Okay, you yeah. keep on talking. Okay, so this is also where we got the McDonald's sponsor where they had the little like candy bars that they put in the microwave mm-hmm. and it pops out uh, the McDonald's sandwich. Um, meanwhile, back at uh, Floop's Castle, the parents try to escape. So they uh, Ingrid has a ring uh, laser that she uses to cut the rope. They go. And then this puzzle, how I described it, it was like a puzzle piece sort of floor where all the puzzle pieces fell out. But then um, Antonio Banderas tries to jump it, but it's a glass. Right. Well, later on, it's not. Later on, it's not. I didn't notice that. So, Felipe, I have the army spelling code, the military alphabet. Do you want me to read it to you? Yes. Okay. Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, yes. oh my God. Foxtrot, Golf, Hotel, India, Juliet, Kilo, Lima, Mike, November, Oscar, Papa, Quebec, Romeo, Sierra, Tango, Uniform, Victor, Whiskey, X-Ray, Yankee, Zulu. 
Okay, you know how when you started the alphabet, you know what I remembered? Did you ever what? watch Hunted? No. No? That was a show that Rob and company covered on RJP oh, a couple okay. years ago. And yeah. all the like chaser team names were like the first seven ones, like Team Echo, Team Foxtrot. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's what I remember. Um, so wait, so what is Carmen's full name again? Carmen's full name is... Carmen Elizabeth Juanita Echo Sky Brava Cortez. Okay. So is Sky the S one? No, it's Sierra. Anyway, well, Echo and Bravo were. I, well, I don't. Maybe I'm. Maybe that was totally off. But that's what it's, it could be. I don't know. Well, that yeah. was a little fun diversion for our for our listeners there. Yeah. Felipe, um, now you know military well, spelling alphabet. Listen, we learn a lot from Dr. Amanda. Sometimes <laughs> it's uh it's about the brain, sometimes it's about army things, and sometimes it's about wordle. Yeah, it's probably not very often about army things, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know this was an army educational podcast. Apparently it is today. Um so yeah, so the they also go to the virtual room, which I thought uh was very cool. Like mm-hmm. um like I that was super cool to watch as a kid. I remember mm-hmm. uh, reminded me of Smart House, which I also don't believe you or your kids have seen. But there's a room there that they like. Um, one of the kids that's a, like an AI house in that movie, and uh. one of the kids' his alarm is uh, a basketball game. So the the shot clock buzzes, and that's how his alarm. And then he wakes up and sees the basketball game on his walls. That's um, so cool. That's what it, reminded me it reminded me of the Dreamatorium from Community. Are you? Yes. Agree? Yes. Yeah. The Abed and Troy's uh, imagination dream room. Yeah. Um, uh, nothing Severance related though that I picked up. up mm, no, not. I'll I'll keep an eye out. Although they do have the the implanting so a brain that's yep. like very that's sort of Severance yep. adjacent. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, they Floop catches them and turns Felix into Foobly uh, at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so poor Felix. Uh, poor Felix, indeed. Uh, we don't see him be undone at the end of the movie. So good point. What happened to Felix? He was sort of forgotten. I I have no clue. Now they have a real. They have a their real uncle, Uncle yeah. Machete, at the end. So maybe they didn't need Felix anymore. I don't remember who it is, but I have reason to believe that some of these Fooglies come back. I don't remember if it's Minion or Felix, but in some capacity in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways, so Carmen takes uh, the Machete picture that she sees, like a photo from their wedding with Machete and Gregorio. Um, And we also see that uh, Terry Hatcher, she shows up and she's like, oh, my God, you are a woman in spyhood. She gives mm-hmm. her the wristband. Um, but Junie sees the thumbs outside. So she, he realizes that she's not to be trusted. Right. Uh, there's they take the third brain before uh, Terry Hatcher can grab it. Yeah. So like this is where um, where Carmen, you know, before it like turns over this information to uh terry hatcher's character miss gridanko and says that the last thing that felix told them when they were running out is that they have to let you know they have to get the message um to the oss that the third brain lives and that was the information that um ms 
uh, Gridanko needed. And she's so pleased. She gives her this blanket, this bracelet, and offer welcomes her into the order of women spies. But this is like when Junie's going to discover, uh-oh, she's a bad guy. She's with the thumbs. Um, and then uh, the fight ensues. Yeah, this this is a fun fight because they all... I, I mean, the first thing that I need to mention is I love how the first thing the henchmen do when they get there, he he puts in a packet in the microwave and pulls out a full turkey, like a full turkey. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would have gone for, <laughs> not the McDonald's. I want that yeah. whole like chicken dinner. That looks yeah. Yeah, that looked good. Maybe, <laughs> I, maybe like some sort of like ravioli dish. No, I love I, I love this idea, like yeah. of this microwave for full. It would be a lot more convenient uh, mm-hmm. if though so that was the way you cooked meals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like I, I like cooking though. It probably would take away too much of the art of it for me. But like, yeah, also in this in this uh, hideout, there's like all sorts of international currency, so they have all the yeah. money they could need. Which does come back briefly later. Yes, um, yes. They um, also, there was another thing that they uh, grabbed in that moment uh, that helps them later. Mm, I don't remember Yeah, they what have it was. a bunch of spy tech there, too, that they get to play with, and they have, like, a spy handbook yes. in there that they read. And, like, apparently, like, 11 jetpacks. Like, just, like, a bunch of jetpacks. Yeah, all labeled machete. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Which comes back later. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also grab the third brain before Gridenko can grab it. And in the chaos, her hair is burned on fire. Yes. Um, and, and this will this will dictate her look for the rest of the film. Indeed. Um, so uh, they end up flying through Staza. Ju- Carmen has to go back for Junie. And I like this line, oh, sister. Oh, brother, when they're flying and a lot of green screen, they fly through the flute sign into this uh, Nordstrom rack kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. They then like lock the jetpack onto a cart so the thumbs all get distracted and then they get new outfits, which I like. Right. Um, I, li- I like their little makeovers. It's also like everyone else in this department store is like fully nonchalant about right? what's going I would down. be like, what is happening? <laughs> Like multiple people and thumb robots on jetpacks. One of my favorite things in movies is like the background actors just watching them. In Spider Man, the first one, if you look closely in the first scene where uh, Harry meets uh, Harry's dad Norman meets Mm -hmm. uh, Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker, there's this red haired woman in all the background shots despite the fact that it's different frames and like different scene like or different perspectives and mm-hmm. she's walking behind peter and one moment and all of a sudden she's behind norman <laughs> like she's just doing laughs and, and she, like I'm, i just love like in my head creating a story that she's just lost yeah and, like, yeah what's my motivation here yes. um yeah, the the kids get like their new looks, and I think that they both look great. I commented to my kids, I was like, "Those are those are cool outfits, right?" Yeah. Like Junie's wearing like a vest and a bow tie. I think it's like satin, and it's like got like these yeah. colorful stripes. And then um, Carmen's got this really cool like embroidered blazer. I don't know, they both look great. Did your kids like Junie more than Carmen? My kids said Junie was their favorite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. I was also a Junie fan, even to this day. Uh, we'll talk about it, but I, if I, I'm giving Junie my MVP of the movie. Um, yeah. And then Floop gets stressed out about the future of his TV show because at the end of the day, he is an artist and he is also trying to capture and remain at the top of his market 
which are children. Um, so we get that little perspective and that will come back later, like a little bit of character motivation for him. Yeah, there's a lot of like their 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 program is number two in children's programming and he really wants it to be number one. What? And Floop Floop is mostly like an art like he's all wrapped up in this like evil mastermind game but i think his soul he's just like a creative type who wants to make quality children's programming we, and we love that and, uh, that's i think why he succeeds at the end of the movie and not not mish uh minion um because his goal is different and he's yes. actually a good guy at heart we think um he is involved in nefarious things which we don't love but it is what it is mm -hmm. uh, so they send out the robot cortez kids to go fight the real ones in San Diablo uh, because uh, I forgot who says it, but they're very much thinking, uh, why don't we send a kid to do a kid's job and find the kids? Um, Makes perfect sense. All yeah. the sense of the world. So, and they have like a, so yeah. And I don't know how they chose which children they, like they, they decided to model their robots after. Apparently they have the president's daughter is what they have of some of the like generals and uh, mm -hmm. prime ministers as well. So it feels like super spies and then mm -hmm. world leaders. Yeah. Because they only have 500. But this yeah. could just be the starting like prototypes. And thank goodness they had Carmen and Junie. Like I wonder how they have access to all enough information about these kids to like render their exact licenses. Do you think it's like the kids that watch the TV show and there's like some sort of like data that they get? I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, so they uh, they end up going to uh, San Diablo, um, mm -hmm. and Junie thinks that Gregorio would want them to destroy the the third brain. Yeah. Uh, what would your instinct be, not having watched the movie? What would you yeah. Think? No, I mean, I I think I wouldn't destroy the brain. I wouldn't want to do that because that seems like as a brain would, lover, as a as a person who loves, I'm always protecting the brain. Like maybe they should put it in a nice helmet or something. Um, yeah, I don't think like I, I remember him like like him doing this, and I was thinking like, no, this is way too hasty. Like you don't want to lose your guard, your bargaining chip. What if this was really important? Like yeah, the bad guys want it, but maybe the good guys want it too. So I feel like this was hasty but i guess we know in hindsight that that probably was the move right if yeah in hindsight that, we yeah. know that was the move but i'm with you i think like they don't have anything to bargain with they don't right. they if the brain is gone you don't know what happens to your parents right um so uh i do i do understand the impulsivity though as a very impulsive person myself mm, at times. Mm -hmm. um but i would also keep it uh however because there's two of them uh they get caught um, in the situation where Carmen goes, sees Junie, who isn't Junie, and tries to uh, punch him. Um, and this was where I was like, Carmen, how do you not learn your lesson? You punch him like two, three times with your hand. <laughs> He's made of metal. Then you don't even protect your brain. And you yeah. try to headbutt him. Uh, yeah, we don't concussion. like we don't like that. That's yeah. not a no. Is that when you told your children. Uh, wear helmets or something wear, wear helmets at all times no you never go in head first never never your head is not a, a weapon your head is precious um yes. yeah so then they're like so now it's gonna be carmen and junie versus robot carmen and junie and like in this whole like oh also here like you know um at some point like Carmen realizes that the bracelet that she's wearing is also a tracker so that was like yeah. not great um 
but yeah, they're going to fight their robot counterparts. And through this shenanigans, uh, robot Carmen spins Junie around on one of those, uh, what are those called? Like the wheelie things? Yeah, is it like one of those like merry-go-round things? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We, we didn't have, have we... one at my elementary school, but I've seen them before. Yeah, like, we we have the, uh, those at like a couple of the playgrounds we we frequent. Yeah, but in this kerfuffle, uh, Robot Carmen takes the brain, but Junie grabs Robot Carmen's dog tag necklace mm-hmm. that says Spy Kid 1 of 500, um, and F- Floop is not on it, um, so... It's a lot of information on those dog tags. Like maybe yeah. you don't want to have that like just out there when, you know, like that's really everything that they need to know to eventually track him down. So maybe that wasn't the right move, Luke. Yeah, I was thinking like, oh, is this like the control thing? And then she's going to pause. I didn't remember how they got to the castle. Mm-hmm. But no, it's just like a ton of information. that. They yeah. need to <laughs> um but Gregorio explains to Ingrid while they're in, back in, like, a prison cell, they're mm-hmm. tied together. Uh, the third brain backstory, so he was doing, like, research on it. I didn't get catch all this, uh, like, the specifics, but he they all were just building their own little brains for uh, some scientific purpose. Yeah, I think that what they were trying to do was, like, create this, like, intelligent repository of, like, all of the spy information and skill like and just have it kind of in this like centralized thing so they were so that was like that was what this project this third brain project was and i guess that they identified that this could like be incredibly deadly like this could be like incredibly dangerous if it went into the wrong hands so everybody was supposed to destroy it but um gregorio didn't destroy his he swapped it out for a walnut he swapped it out for a walnut Which is, uh, like, I mean, walnuts do look like brains. They definitely do. Did you do. appreciate that he protected the brain in that moment? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, the evil spy brain. Like, I don't know if, like, if I can get all behind the evil spy brain. But I guess, like, I don't know. But if you say protect the brain, that means always protect the brain. Yeah. I guess so. I just told Nicole Horn to protect her brain today. Oh, what, what was she doing? She said she was going to bang her computer over her head. <laughs> Sounds like Nicole. Yeah. Um, but uh, then Cortez kids uh, think that there's a reason they should go see Machete. Because on the back of the card, it says Machete and Ombre. And also at the beginning montage with the wedding, mm-hmm. uh, when he arrives, his uh, playing guy has Ombre. Uh, so mm-hmm. we know that's Gregorio's nickname. So they mm-hmm. end up going to see Uncle Machete, and he's like, "Oh, I don't talk about Gregorio. It's like Bruno." Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's like, you know, there's like these two brothers are estranged. Obviously, like Junie and Carmen have never met their Uncle Machete, so that's very sad. Um, and they find Machete in his in his in his shop, which I think like. It's called Machete's Spy Shop, which, like, maybe is you don't want to have that in big letters on your yeah. sign. And they see that he negotiates with both te- both sides. He um, works with the good guys and the bad guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you ever come visit LA, we can go to Trejo Taco or a Trejo Donut oh. and look for Danny Trejo and it's just his, say, we yeah, love your work rest- with Spy Kids. He's a restaurateur, too, right? Yes. Like, he's got, he's got a few different careers. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. So like, and then we hear that um, Michette complains about his little brother, Gregorio, in the same ways that Carmen was complaining about Junie, like saying that, you know, it's not my job to take care of my brother, to watch out over him, to tell him the difference between right and wrong, to teach him all of these things. So, um, you know, maybe there's a little bit of symmetry here between um, Michette and Gregorio's relationship as there is between Carmen and Junie, but Carmen is like going to push really hard with the guilt tripping to try to get Machete to help them. I half expected her to say Ohana means family, but that might have been a little before the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of. Yeah, Lilo and Stitch was the next year. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, but she she was very much like, but what about family? And he's like, but what about family? Like, I don't care. Like, he's no mm-hmm. family of mine anymore. Um, I don't remember what the backstory is. I would love to divulge that to you but i don't remember why they're estranged oh um maybe maybe we find out one of the machete sequels so yeah do you know there's like not only spy kids film but he has a couple machete films after? i had no idea i had no so idea these are a lot more violent from what i remember this is the spy kids cinematic universe yeah um, this is my multiverse of madness <laughs> yep uh so yeah he has there's machete machete kills and then he also appears in a snickers super bowl commercial uh, called the Brady Bunch. So that I have never seen that commercial, but wow. there's a, and he's also in Grindhouse as a fake trailer. Um, yeah, maybe Machete definitely probably is not someone you might want to uh, movie you want to show to your children. Okay, that, from what I recall, is violent. It seems like it might be. We'll skip that one. I mean, his name is Machete. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, he, they end up stealing his jet in the middle of the night and also mm-hmm. some of his gadgets. Um, he says that it's not big enough for two people, but because they're tiny, they fit. Sometimes there's jobs that are better for a kid to do than for a grown-up. Yep, uh, very much so. Uh, and this is one of them. Uh, so then they, uh, we also get in this moment, Minion is overthrowing Floop. He stages a coup. Uh, and they lock him in the virtual room because uh, he has different priorities than Minion. And this is when Minion like takes off his like glasses and yeah. shows the more suave version of himself that you were talking about. Yeah, Floop is like much more preoccupied with like what does his show need to get to number one. His heart's like not really in the evil army thing. So Minion is going to have to like push him out of the way. He's not serving his purpose anymore and he's going to take over. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And then while the kids are flying, we also get a reference earlier in the movie that like one of the children is in diapers at night. Yes. And it turns out that it's Carmen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, and Junie was told to keep that secret forever, but she's calling him so many she's names. She's calling him so many names. So then he calls her diaper lady. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she is kind of embarrassed, but yeah. Uh they survived the But if the you crash. dish it, you gotta take it, Carmen. I'm sorry. Like yeah. you've been pretty, pretty harsh to Judy all this time. My uh my like kids like got got a laugh out of this. Was this the funniest part of the movie for them or they la- I mean like they laughed at all the predictable to- like like they have like the talking toilet in the um in like the escape pod that they thought yeah. was funny. <laughs> um like they they thought I mean they thought all the any any dumb gag that kids are supposed to think is funny they thought was funny. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah so they don't crash they uh jump into the water below and swim into the cavern, into the cave castle thing. Uh, and uh, 
we get the then so they run into this one of the thumb thumbs and carmen shocks him with her gum gum um <laughs> with the that was uh one of the machete like thing you like chew yeah. it and then it like it like electrocutes people yeah uh so that's how they get rid of that first one mm-hmm. um and they're like crashing and then they see the fooglies all walking kind of like in one of those like preschool line things mm-hmm. like, um and uh junie uh, scales down and uh we see that he has this device that can play back what they're saying that Fugly, which is a Daniel, I don't remember his name. Uh, he's in. Uh, th- he says that they're in the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, of all the Fuglies, was this the like least scary one to you? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't like the none of the Fuglies really made like a huge impression on me. I'll yeah, say, let me see. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like definitely Halloween Town characters like the Tony Shalhoub, like Fugly at the end, like that one definitely like stands out. But I don't think that the individual Fuglies really like had a big impact. Yeah. I really the backwards like talking thing, I think, is like very inherently creepy. I don't like that. Like I I watched um like Twin Peaks is one of my favorite shows. I don't know if you're at all familiar with Twin I've never Peaks, seen Twin Peaks. But there's like a character in Twin Peaks that's dialogue. It's like he's um called the dance like he's the dancing midget and he's like very creepy and his dialogue is all was all him saying things backwards that were then played forward. So it's like it's played forward but it was it was it was spoken backwards so it's very very creepy and i watched twin peaks like when it originally aired when i was like a child i was like not old enough to watch it and so like that's like the stuff of nightmares to me that like really made a huge impression um yeah so anything this backwards dialogue like i get like the these really creepy twin peaks vibes yeah there was something recently that i was watching that had like background backwards kind of like translation but i can't mm-hmm. remember what it was um might have been the jimmy neutron movie i'm not confident mm. um but yeah no it is kind of creepy like words playing backwards it's very creepy yeah <laughs> um yeah so they use that to get like in the information um and then they go like and so and he's on a zip line right like he zip lines down talks to the foodies zip lines up again and then goes back down but this time there's a bunch of like the thumb guys the evil yeah. thumbs yeah uh the lots of thumbs and but then they shock them with the the bubble mm-hmm. like she blows a bubble right to shock them all um and they find out that they're in the dungeon uh but the robot kids chase them because they're like intruder alert intruder alert they try to blend in and I'm sorry, Junie and Carmen, but you can't blend into like a robot army wearing your fancy clothes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Their their uh chic outfits come back to bite them. Yeah. Yeah. Um also, uh do you think do you think they could have gotten away with it if they were wearing like the the bland uh if they, I think, I mean, I'm surprised that they didn't do like the costume switch thing because I do feel like that's such like a common device. Yeah, it's just because like, he does with the thumb later. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I don't. I think that they could have blended in with the robot. Yeah. I mean, like they look exactly like them. For sure. Um. But uh, they end up uh, 
getting chased and we see that puzzle thing that also reminded me of squid game if you've seen that oh yeah yes the glass yeah yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah but unlike unlike her father carmen isn't able to land on the glass because it is no longer there she just falls into the thumb like robot preparation room i guess right Um, and she sees a thumb costume and dresses up as it um Mm -hmm. meanwhile junie goes into the virtual room where he runs into floop and floop is like giant here like i thought he was going to be trapped like and then just like be in this like space sort of thing but no he's he's like projected onto the like wall and like larger than life right yeah um it very much felt like simba talking to his dad in this yes yeah yeah, but this is where, like, uh, Junie is going to soften Floop's heart by telling him, you're my hero. Um, I'm going to help you, and you're going to help him me. the doll that he carried around all movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, this is where, like, Floop is fully in on, like, no, I don't want to be evil. I want to help you, and I just want to make quality children's programming. Yeah, so Junie tells him that, I'll help you if you help me. Mm-hmm. Um, and tells him that kids will help him skyrocket his business um we also get Minion. and that's another thing that i actually predicted felipe when he said that there was something like what does my show need to be number one and i was like oh the answer is going to be that it needs kids and then the kids are going to be carmen and june like i predicted that because i'm such a savvy watcher of uh television and film yes (laughs) yes uh this is uh, this is uh when you could have impressed your children Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, we also get at this point that Minion was uh, kicked out of the program uh, mm-hmm. that uh, Gregorio was uh, studying back in the day. Right. Uh, and to get his revenge, uh, Minion tur- Alexander Minion turns uh, Gregorio into a Fugli, but specifically Junie's Fugli Junie's that he drew. Fugli that he drew. And this was actually the detail that I was most impressed, like my four-year-old like remembered this like he was like Junie drew the picture and then it became a food I was like whoa you were really paying attention (laughs) um yeah so that was very cool I was wondering like his name is Alex Minion do we think that this is like nominative determinism that he becomes like an evil henchman (laughs) that's that's a good theory like yeah uh, yeah I consider that uh he was just fulfilling the destiny of his name yeah like uh, if if your name is Taylor, do you become a Taylor? Right. Like, I Taylor? know. Yeah. <laughs> um, unless you're Taylor Swift, then mm-hmm. you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we get we get uh, Carmen dressing up as a thumb thumb, right as uh, Floop helping Junie. Uh, they destroy the virtual room, uh, and Junie tells him that the show needs kids, like Doctor Amanda predicted. Yes, um, like I knew all along. Yes, and uh, the Cortez kids go and save their parents. Uh, Carmen uses the acid crayon to unlock uh, her mom while Floop is trying to find the keys. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this moment, drops that she would play hooky in Belize, which I was like, "Wait, Belize? You go to a whole <laughs> ass country?" <laughs> Yeah, no, Carmen is, like, very sophisticated for a middle schooler in terms of her shenanigans. Let me actually look up. Where do Spy Kids take place? Here we go. Oh, I mean, it was filmed in Austin, so it says it's called, it was in Austin. Where did Carmen and Junie live? The Cortez, oh, this is not helpful. My guess was Mexico, but I don't know if I made that up. Yeah. 
appearance uh yeah i can't find this live during the podcast uh we will i will do some more research uh, uh after the podcast and maybe i will put it in ellie in the eddie room style yes yes um but uh we also see that lisp and uh terry hatcher i forget her character name again miss miss uh Gridenko. Miss Gridenko. It's fine. She's yeah. she's she's Terry Hatcher. It's fine. Uh, who uh, has a bald cap uh, mm-hmm. because uh, her hair sticking out in random places because of the fire. Yeah. Um, I think you just take it all off at that point. Like you're yeah. not you're like those little patches. It's not working for you. It's not. No, but <laughs> uh, they arrive for the the um, the new presentation. And Minion is saying, yeah, you can come in because Floop is out of town, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then Floop summons him, uh, and uh, he's very thrown off, um, and he gets caught by Cortez and Floop, turned into a Foogly with multiple hands, multiple faces. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So now, like, Minion is, like, a creepy ask Foogly this is like poetic justice and he's gonna say like I think it's reversible but um so we'll we'll find out but Mr. Yeah. Lisp is here and he wants his robot children army yeah and through this Floop does turn Gregorio back to himself um yeah that was short-lived thank goodness yes uh and again, handsome, handsome, Anto- handsome Antonio Banderas is back again yeah <laughs> uh this is also where he takes out the mustache which mm-hmm. is like the least important disguise ever like. <laughs> um but uh the court the uh the cortez children oh no 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 they they drop off loop to reprogram the robots so they're like just switch them so make them think that right is left and left is right kind of like opposite day instructions mm-hmm. um, and that means that like good is bad and bad is good and so. we'll get we'll get it later when they're saying put me down they keep throwing the adults up in the air yeah um <laughs> So uh, they they opposite drop day is like a very appealing notion to children. Like children yes. love opposite day. They think it's yeah. like the funniest thing. I thought I also thought that uh, when Minion comes in, they like pulled in the detail of Junie mimicking his sister, yeah. and then mm-hmm. he like just like uh, lip syncs to Floop's uh, words. I thought that yeah yeah classic kid stuff. Do do your kids do that? They like get into like arguments like that it's like stop well they like to they like to jinx each other when they're talking what is their jinx rule is that they have to be quiet until they yeah they have to be quiet until you say their name and like i don't know i don't even know what this means but they like they'll have they have king jinx i don't know what king jinx means i don't know what that is it's like the next level of jinx i think that they made it up so they'll like be like jinx double jinx king jinx i don't don't know what it means yeah (laughs) It well, means- I'm almost 25 and my brother's almost 19 and we still jinx each other. <laughs> so you'll be stuck with that for a while, potentially. Um, and then uh, Carmen uh, Carmen and Junie uh, split off from their parents. Their parents go to fight the robots um, and like stop the presentation. Whereas Carmen and Junie have to face their, themselves as robots. And they're like, okay, but we're smarter now. And they are too. Uh, and at this moment, uh, Carmen has to gas Junie up saying, you are 
not dumb. You are yeah. you are special, Junie, and this was sweet. Yeah, the robot Carmen calls Junie a worthless jerk, but then real Carmen says that you're not a worthless jerk. You're strong. Like, look at everything you did. You convinced Floop to be good and help us and all this stuff. So this is nice. So now we have the teachable moment where we say, oh, look, now Carmen's being a nice sister. Isn't this better? And it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then Junie gets them with the gum once again mm-hmm. uh, and they like have a couple minutes they have like a little bit of a head start against them they run to the the presentation floor uh and they get ready to fight they're like okay i'll take the left side Junie, you take the right center carmen you take the left center and mom takes the left side and then Junie's <laughs> like, there's 500 we're not going to be able to get them all we need mm-hmm. another person that sounds and, like yeah just one more person and that'll do it they just needed one more <laughs> right then machete smashes oh, through the window bust through the window yes and uh apologizes to his brother and they have this moment uh also floop at this moment realizes that what he needs to switch and he tells Junie later that it's like your pure of heartness was the inspiration for the final detail to like fix the code um yeah big hero big hero minute for junie uh we love to see it he finally gets his due and machete shows up because family is important so it's like we're gonna get this really nice message where all the siblings are friends again and everyone is together and like luckily floop has like just in time reprogrammed the uh, robot brain so now instead of attacking the Cortezes are going to go right past the Cortezes and attack Lisp and uh, Terry Hatcher um, and Miss uh, Credenco and, <laughs> and all the other all the other bad guys. Yeah, and Minion uh, and mm-hmm. that that was they go attack and they're like, oh, what do we do? And then that's when Machete falls into Antonio Banderas's arms. Uh, it's like I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, they make up, kiss and make up. Yeah, and this is also when Flute says, Junie, you're pure of heart. Uh, you helped us. And then we, we uh, fade out to a different time period, uh, probably like a week or two in, a, in mm-hmm. the future. Uh, and uh, the news report at their house is saying that all these random children are just doing good Samaritan deeds. Um, and no one knows where they came from. Uh, I, I wonder what the people, like, if that was the president's kid, yeah yeah right like aren't these like the most powerful people in the world's children and like they're like oh they're just out and about doing good deeds um yeah so so that's what's going on the robot army is out there doing good that's great um oh this was a plot line i don't think we mentioned that junie has warts from being scared of everything which i don't is that real like sweaty palms warts are a virus so like you know sweating is not gonna like give you like you have to contract the the virus i think that this is like old wives tale yeah um territory but uh at least uh in the universe of the show junie's warts are gone because he has confidence and he's not sweating mm-hmm. all the time because he's scared anymore because yeah. he had band-aids on all his fingers to like yeah he was like putting them. some medicine on them and and protecting them um that was like a running plot line that's probably why he has butter fingers too if he has sweaty palms um but Junie has been cured of that because of uh, his newfound self-confidence. Yeah. Um, Machete's moved in. He lives with them now. Yes. And then this, I forgot about George Clooney. George Clooney yes. with the, I love the like, oh, it's his eyes are covered. And yeah. then he takes it off. 
No, that um, was a funny goof. So, yeah. And he's like, we need the Cortez spies to do this mission. And the parents are like, well, we got to talk to the kids. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's not you. We need, we want Junie and Carmen. Uh, and they're like, you get two of us, you get all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt like very much like that Incredibles end scene where it's like, they're all in this together to yeah. quote a high school musical song. And then the quote at the end is like, spy work, that's easy. Keeping a family together, that's difficult. And yeah. that's a mission worth fighting for. Yeah. Uh, that's not the tagline of the movie, but it could Oh, I was going to ask. I was like, that's definitely on a poster somewhere. That's like the tagline of a mo- this this movie. This one is real spies, only smaller for this all movie. All right. All right. Yeah. I wonder, wait, who did Mike Judge play? Mike Judge. Yeah, I saw that name. Um, yeah, Mike Judge. Donigan? D- Donamite? Who is? Yeah, so the, oh, this is, yes. Oh, he's, I think, the very first spy that was transformed into a Fugly. So this is oh, Mike Donigan Judge. Giggles? So this is Mike Judge, creator of uh, Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill and Office Space. That's wild. Mike Judge and Richard Linkletter having like non-speaking throwaway roles. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah. This cast list. This is the funniest thing. So your kids watched, uh, you said Spy Kids 4 and then uh, Mission Contr- Critical, the animated show? Yeah, they've watched the animated show, yes. Okay. Uh, are they... Oh, okay. Joel McHale and Jessica Alba are in the fourth one. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So this cast was interesting. Uh, Ricky Gervais and Jeremy Piven. Ooh, I don't know about that. But... <laughs> well, we we could, yeah. At least Arthur enjoys it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, do we wanna? Do we wanna talk about who? Uh, any favorite moments that you or the kids had? Uh, like what moments stood out to you from this movie? Yeah, so I already said like I think Arthur's favorite was that scene where like we see we first see their spy tech transform, which I think is fun and like sets up some of like the whimsical parts of the world. Robin liked the underwater vehicle. We love like a vehicle, so that yeah. makes... um, I did like guffaw when like they. When they were at the end, they're like it's Judy and Carmen are facing the robot army, and I think it's Judy or I forget which one who says, "Oh shit, talking mushrooms." Because <laughs> at first I was like, "Are you kidding me? They're going to curse," and then I, and then they like turned it around with the shiitake mushrooms. So that did that did make me giggle. Um, I mean, I did it like, go over their head. I yeah, I don't think I don't think that they yeah. noticed it. Um. Yeah, I mean, I thought, I think I just mostly, like, you know, I thought that, like, Alan Cummings and um, Tony Shalhoub were really, really funny. Like, I was, like, when I saw George Clooney at the end, I was, like, what? I think I was just kind of delighted by, like, how, like, densely this show was populated with, like, A-list stars, even though it's, like, this. It's like Robert of... Rodriguez calling in every single favor he can. Yeah, yeah. But I like, I mean, I I thought that this was like a fun, entertaining movie. Like I do, I think Robert, I think that, um, I think that like it's a, it's got like good action vibes. Like I think that he did a really good job 
with it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other things that are funny that stood out. Like I liked the um the scene when um when uh Gregorio and Ingrid are captured and like he serves them like this feast and it's like all like really like silly looking food, like green slimy stuff with like novelty for like I just like the kind of like fanciful elements of that. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to go check quickly, see how many of these, uh, he's in George Clooney. Uh, yeah. Okay. He's definitely in the third one. Uh, okay. I remember him saying, okay, glasses on, uh, <laughs> for the, cause that one was a uh, spy kids 3d game over. So it was like, a, I remember that was the first instance I've ever watched a, a 3d movie. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I wonder like what the, um, like how the technology on this like this gum works like because when they chew it they don't get electrocuted but they chew it and then they put it on the bad guys and then the bad guys get so i would love love to understand exactly how in my head it was like oh once they chew it it creates the energy they activate it like if they like they'd have to do it really quick get it out yeah that's what i'm wondering it's like because once you activate it it's like it's like are you in imminent danger of like immediately get electrocuting yourself or like is there a way that it knows um yeah well that that's for a scientist okay uh, at least on my end you're a scientist yeah yeah um but uh, do you have an MVP for the movie? Uh, for me, it's Junie, and I believe you said your kids also think my kids well, like Junie the best. Like I think the car, like I think Junie is a more like appealing character, and he's like very cute. I like you definitely root for Junie. Carmen is a little bit of a jerk, but I actually think that she was like stronger, a stronger I think she has performance. The arc, like yeah. the growth arc. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it to uh i'm gonna give it to my girl carmen love that yeah mm-hmm. um also shout out to the thumbs because they they <laughs> the, the thumbs um, really acted the heck out of you have a roles. lvp someone that bothered you in the movie or someone that you didn't feel was necessary mm. i can give you a minute to think on that too. yeah i mean um like i have to say like maybe like too many fooblies like there were a lot of like red shirt nobodies like give me a little bit more something to care about these oss spies like they really didn't you know like like they got transformed into fooglies and like why do i care like i'm glad i guess that they were reversed in human again but like i feel like i needed a little bit more um and then terry hatcher um, a also also almost never known as Miss Gradenka, whatever her name is. Um, yeah, like she just seemed too mean. I thought she was too mean. Yeah, uh, for me, like Mr. Lisp didn't feel like consequential. I think it was mm. either like you have him or you have a Miss Gradenko. I think both right. of them kind of like serve the same purpose at the end. That's uh, fair. And uh, yeah. I also did didn't realize I mentioned to you in the pre-show how Latino this movie was. Yeah. Um, and this also like I'm reading in the le- legacy like uh, that piece is considered Spy Kids significant for uh, having a Latino secret agent family. And while Daryl Zabara and uh, Carla Gugino aren't like Latine, like at mm-hmm. least we have like that kind of representation in the movie between like uh, Antonio Banderas and uh, Carmen or Alexa Vega. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I thought, I thought, I thought that that was very cool, you know, that it's like entirely set in 
some Latin country that we will at some point ascertain. Hopefully figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. I thought I that... forgot Antonio Banderas was in this in like all that. So mm-hmm. uh, that that was cool to see. And obviously like in a 22% that you would hope the whole family would be cast. Uh, mm-hmm. But you can get what you get. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, think like, that the story is that like they were spies from different countries. So that yeah, maybe like she's so not like, out. like, so maybe it's supposed to be like an, like an inter, you know, uh, uh, cultural marriage. But um, yeah, I thought, but so um, I thought it was cool that it was set um, somewhere else. Like I said, the setting is beautiful. Like, I guess it's not, it was mostly not shot in, um, it was mostly shot in Austin, but like, they have a lot of these, um, they have, you know, I said that I saw that they have exterior shots that some were filmed in South America. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed all of this. Uh, it was like super fun to revisit this movie. Now I kind of want to watch the other ones too. So if, throughout the summer, if you want to, yeah, if I you bet ever have thoughts, let me know. I, yeah, and I'm, I'm sure, on. I'm sure we'll be watching them now. My kids, yeah. my kids are there's an animated series. So tell me what the animated series is about from what you've understood. Yeah. So I haven't like, I haven't like sat and watched a whole like episode of it with my kids but it's like it's like set in a school like the kids are um in a kind of boarding school school, spy school like for for like for kids to train to be spies so it's carmen and junie and then there's other like peers that they have and everything takes place in the school for the most part and the parents are characters but like not like major characters it's mostly just follows like the kids um in their spy training yeah um that that reminds me of this other book series that also might be more of a middle school uh hive uh the higher institute of villainous education oh Um, and then there's also this spy series about mice from different countries i need to google that one but uh and the mice all have different like cheese names so the german mouse is like gorgonzola the French mm-hmm. one is Brie. Okay. Uh, one of the, like the Italian one is the, I don't know. the Italian one should be Gorgonzola. That's an that's Italian. What I meant. That's Italian cheese. The German yeah. one was like mustard, I think. Mustard. Okay. Mu- yeah. <laughs> uh, spy, like rat books. <laughs> Let me tre- see if I can find that. Uh, no, we'll find it. If anyone knows what it is, you have to let me know. Uh, spy yeah spy rodents uh basically mm-hmm. i will get back to you on that last thing i want to ask if you could rank this movie zero to five stars how would you do it and then if you know how your kids would rate it too as well oh that's a good question i should find out um uh what they rated it um but uh i think i would give this like in terms of i think i would give this a three and a half stars like i'm gonna reserve it like it was it, it was thoroughly entertaining. I think it was like a competently made film. Like we enjoyed it. Um, but like in terms of it being like transcendent, like children's programming that like I like love and like would cherish. Like I don't think it reaches that height, but I think it was good. So I'm gonna give it three and a half stars. I bet my kids would give it like four and a half or five stars. They sort of like have extreme recency bias. So the last thing that they saw is like their favorite thing. But they yeah. but said he likes spy kids for better because okay. it had to do with video games so i i also gave it a 3.5 we're on the same okay, nice. i think this was a very solid movie obviously there are flaws i like 
it's hard for something from this era to hold up visually. Right. Sometimes you can right. see the green screen. Totally. Um, but I had a great time rewatching this this mm-hmm. afternoon, and I'm really glad we did this. And now I'm like excited to go and watch sequels, watch other movies from this era. If your kids ever want, if you like want more stuff, feel free to check out any of the PowerPoint. But there's also things that I've thought about since oh, our cool. last podcast. Yeah. Um, especially like holiday themed ones, like the nice. Polar Express. Nice. Um, which I believe Daryl's Bar is. I did find the title of the book. It's called Spy Mice. And it's Spy a three book series. And this one might be better for elementary school, like oh, maybe a nine, perfect. 10 year old. Perfect. Uh, Spy Mice books by Heather Vogel Frederick. Okay. Um, Spy Mice. Yeah. Uh, I would also give it a 3.5. Do you have any final thoughts on this original Spy Kids movie? Uh, for me, just the score was pretty cool as well. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I think, I think that, I think it was, yeah, like visually, I thought it was very cool. Um, I think that those are my, I think that we've said it all, Felipe. I think we covered it quite thoroughly. Yeah. Well, Dr. Amanda, I want to give you the floor. What do you Mm want to talk about? I saw that you have a, a new podcast series coming up that I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm super excited about this. Um, so dropping on the 24th, Friday the 24th. So um, at the point that we're recording this, it's a couple days away. Um, Loot is going to be dropping on Apple TV Plus, which you know is kind of my beat lately. So I'm going to be covering that with um, Ariel over at Post Show Recaps, and that's like looks like this really funny. Um, I thought Maya. it was a movie when I first saw the trailer. No, it. yeah, it's yeah. a it's it's a Maya Rudolph comedy series. Oh, well, great company to be in. She's hilarious, and it's like about this um, kind of wealthy divorcee who becomes like involved in philanthropy, and I think it's got like some workplace comedy type of uh, you know vibes to it. So I'm really excited to start covering that. That'll be over at Post Show recaps and you should follow me on twitter where i'm at dr amanda r that's the r amanda r and that is where i will be tweeting about everything that i'm doing um yeah and i also just last week um over the weekend this dropped um i got to talk to uh rob and Chappelle over at rhap about uh the netflix documentary halftime um about Jennifer Lopez. Uh, Did you watch Marry Me? I haven't seen Marry Me. Do you recommend it? Or? I went into Marry Me because are you aware of the premise? Like that it's like she's getting married on the stage to her husband and then she finds out her, her fiance is cheating on her oh, like I, minutes no, before. I and then she just marries Owen Wilson, who's just holding a random Marry Me sign. And they're very much opposites. Like she's okay. in the public eye. He doesn't even have, he still has a flip phone. But it's very cute. Like I cute. went in expecting to like be super judgy. And by the end I was in tears. Like it well, was. That's the power of JLo. I'm a big JLo that's fan. That's the power well. of JLo. I'm a big JLo fan. So I was really excited to share my JLo One of the fandom. team names. Uh, so we had our employee trivia at my new job. Uh, I work at Warner Brothers. We get mm-hmm. tours on the studio lot. One of the team names was Jenny from the lot. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, and that's I think that's that's really oh, and I think um actually one more plug. I'm gonna be dropping one more episode um in the Shining Girls post show recap uh feed. So we finished covering 
uh, Shining Girls, the um, another Apple TV Plus property uh, starring Elizabeth Moss. It's like a time travely thriller. Um, and we finished Kaiko was covering that with um, Melissa uh, Woodward and uh, Grace Leader. And we're doing um, one last uh, finale feedback episode where we're going to be talking about similarities and differences between the miniseries and the book. So um, yeah. yeah, that'll also be showing up in your post-show recap podcast feeds. Yeah. Um, well, let's start with Grace because I also did double duty with Grace this week. Oh, uh, I listened to, yeah, I listened to that. Yeah. Today. So yesterday uh, at the time of recording this, uh, the Lightyear post-show recap theater po- uh, podcast dropped. I joined Grace uh, to talk about the Buzz Lightyear origin story movie. Uh, I had thoughts. It was a fun podcast. Uh, Grace is fantastic, and I can't say enough good things about Grace. Uh, that was a lot of fun to record. Um, and then today, the Pride has spoken dropped. Uh, mm-hmm. In hindsight, I should have also talked about uh, how Survivor also helped me figure out myself because I was watching Caramel and I was like, "This Eddie Fox guy, whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> um, but talked about. Uh, uh, like it was a great podcast with a lot of different queer podcasts. Yeah, it's a fantastic uh, podcast. We had some, uh, we had a little bisexual mafia uh, mm-hmm. crew there between Naomi, myself, Aaron, uh, Matt, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, and there's also some extra people that weren't able to be there. So listen if, uh, for them as well that I wish I could have gotten to talk to. Uh, I think that was a great podcast. Um, that they're doing over there yeah it's been a fantastic series and it was great to listen to the latest installment yeah i really enjoyed that Um, and then uh just here on the brazilian dragon podcast the aforementioned nicole horn and i talked about camp rock too one of the funniest podcasts i've ever done nicole is just so hilarious had me crying from laughing (laughs) so much uh we have the return of scooby snacks and chats Uh, my friend Lindsay and i broke down scooby-doo the mystery begins the second live action series that they attempted. Uh, plus, I'm going to do my own little uh, what we've been up to on the Scooby-Doo podcast, resetting the table, just a solo 20-minute pod myself. Um, and uh, what else? Oh, Total Drama Island with Alec Hester uh, this week. Plus, as always, you can listen to Pretty Little Liars with Jay and AJ or uh, Gravity Bros with Alec and Lucas. Uh, otherwise, Dr. Amanda. Do we have a hashtag for this podcast? Oh, do we have a hashtag? Um, let's see. Um, I'm thinking about uh, hashtag protect the brain. Protect the brain, yes. Uh, <laughs> and I forgot to mention, you can keep up with the Brazilian Dragon on all social media at Brazil Dragon Pod or me personally at What the Fleep on all social media. Dr. Amanda, this was so much fun. I'm so glad we did this. And yes. anytime you want to talk more Spy Kids, I am so here for that. Um, this was a lot of fun and I'm, I'm always open to talk more with you. You are such a gem of a human being. Oh, that's so kind, Felipe. And likewise, right back at you. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'd love to get the chance to do this again. And I'm glad that we finally, you know, found, uh, something to podcast about and now we know that our thing is spy kids yes that's, that's my thing okay yes uh and then once we could just go through the whole robert rodriguez yeah. Yes. There you go. yeah um well with all that said hashtag protect your brains and protect your thumbs mm-hmm. uh, until next time everyone bye bye hey everyone it is felipe from the editing room just wanted to pop in here and say 
Don't turn off your podcast just yet because I'm about to play you some thoughts from Dr. Amanda's children. So once you hear the outro music, then you're good to turn off the podcast. But you can't leave without hearing from these adorable two children, right? So enjoy what they have to say about Spy Kids. So can you describe what happened in Spy Kids, Robin? Can you tell I them? I don't know all of it. Yeah, just what parts you remember. Um, I remember that they went in this, like, some kind of space by water thing. Yeah, they had that, they had that special water vehicle. Yeah, and I remember that there was robots. The robot kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember that Junie made a picture. Junie made a picture? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, he made a picture? Did he make a picture and then that's what they turn oh, yeah. the guy into? Yeah. Yeah, and I remember. That's all I remember. That's all you remember. Would you like to be a spy kid? Yeah, I want. I would like to be... My full name would be, I won't use my full name, it would be Robin Cortez, Dante, Hope Kitty, Marshall, Lapple, Crossley, Mega, Lap, Mega, <laughs> Lapple, Kitty. That's Whoa. That's a long name. That's an excellent spy name. What do you think you would do if Mommy and Daddy needed your help? Would you guys come and rescue us? Yeah. No. I would send, I would send me to help you. You I would go by yourself without Robin. No, I would send myself mm. to you up through the phone. Through the phone, like a, a text, text message. Me- yeah. Whoa, that would be amazing spy <laughs> technology. No, it would just be a regular phone. <laughs> <laughs> I would send you me. <laughs> 